I think we got everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, <think> everybody. So. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, it's the Hoopercast. Oh, turn myself it down. Is. My goodness, I'm loud. Hi. Oh, what is this text message? What is this? Um, uh, okay, yeah. All right. Um, hello, everyone. This is uh, the Hoopercast. Um, back with you again. Um, back again and uh, b- better than ever. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with it. It's definitely, it's definitely not. It's not untrue. Sure. Not untrue. These double negatives are messing me up. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway. Uh, all right, Dustin. I, we got um, a slate of films to talk about tonight, so I want to go ahead and get into it. So um, Do it. let's just go straight on in. I want to actually start with you tonight. Okay. Okay. So I want you to talk about the thing you're talking about first. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about Gindy Tartakovsky's Primal. premiered on Adult Swim uh, last year, uh, 2019, mm. and it only aired five episodes, so a very short run, um, and then like five half-hour episodes, and then there's going to be another five coming out soon. So they kind of split the first season into two parts, um, and then and then uh, the next five are coming out soon. I think one of them already premiered um, just sort of like as a like a one-off like special event kind of a deal, and, uh, and so there's so that one's there. It exists somewhere, but it only aired once. And then there's there's four more coming. Um, so I'm going to be reviewing the first five, so the first half of season one. Um, but I was not aware of that. I thought this was like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, um, but but yes, there is more coming. So Gindy Tartakovsky, um, you may know, uh, is the creator of Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack. Um, he's the director of the Hotel Transylvania movies um, and, you know, kind of a mainstay in animation and has been for a while. He has... I guess on most of his career over at Cartoon Network. And, um, and I grew up on that stuff, right? Dexter's lab was huge for me when I was a kid. I was a huge fan of that show. Um, I was never a big fan of Samurai Jack though. In his initial run, I kind of slept on it. And then uh, a few years ago, I think I may have reviewed it for this show. You did. Um, but I, um, I kind of came to it late. So they were releasing this new season of Samurai Jack, the final season on Adult Swim. And I thought, now's a good time. Let me let me watch it. So I started from the beginning and watched all the way through. And uh, and I loved it. And this is very much in that vein. So don't go into this expecting uh, Dexter's Lab. And I think if you see a trailer for this, you'll know that. The trailer um, is badass. I was watching it, it before the show. bonkers, man. Yeah. It is crazy town. Punching people um, in half. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. insane. Um, so, so this is very much like Samurai Jack level storytelling. So, um, you know, if if you guys are familiar with Samurai Jack, you know that, um, Jack doesn't actually talk very much. He's voiced by Phil Lamar. Um, but he, he has, you know, maybe one or two lines per episode. 
very minimally. And then, and then the characters around him talk more like obviously Aku um, voiced by Mako um, was, was huge. And, and, and he talked all the time, but, but Jack himself was a very quiet character. So you'd have these episodes, which were essentially like 30 minute or, you know, 22 minute uh, action sequences in which there was no dialogue. There's grunting and panting and running and breathing, but there's, there's no dialogue, and and this is uh, this follows that same sort of pattern. Um, so primal uh, is really about two characters um, in the scripts. I believe they are called Spear and Fang. Um, so Spear is uh, Neanderthal, um, and he is um, he goes out one day hunting and gets a, a whole you know catch a fish, and he's taking them home. And as he's arriving home. Um, it's a very disturbing sequence where he arrives home and realizes something's not quite right. He drops the fish and runs into this field, which will then sort of open up into where his home is. And as it opens up, he sees these uh, dinosaurs um, attacking and eating his children and his wife. Um, so, so like you actually see like a child in silhouette, um, but a child um, being picked up by the hair by a dinosaur, tossed up in the air and like spinning until the dinosaur just chomps, nope. and then the blood spilling out of the dinosaur's mouth. Oh my and, god! Um, and so it sets the tone very quickly, oh. like what you're about to watch. And and again, if you watch the trailer, you kind of know. Um, you're in for a really rough time because um, this is like bloody as it gets. Wow! And uh, like I have the I have the feeling that Gindy was like, "Look, how bloody can we be?" Yeah. And Adult Swim was like, "Very." Pretty, and he's yeah. like, "All right." I got the feeling watching the trailer you up on that. I was <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, he's in some peril," and they're like, "Oh, he's punching these dinosaurs pretty hard." And after a while, like he's he, he's he's a big feature of the trailer is him gouging the heck out of a, a dinosaur's eye and he's almost got yeah. it down and killed and then another dinosaur tackles it while he's still on it and i was like yep. yo this is crazy it's, it's insane wow. man and so and so like gindy i think initially you know let's tell sort of what life may have been like um way back when um but but he he very quickly I think very smartly steered away from some sort of historical accuracy because he introduced a character named Fang. Um, so Fang is a female Tyrannosaurus Rex who has two pups. I don't know what you call baby T-Rexes, two, two baby T-Rexes and, um, and the same dinosaurs that ate Spears family um, attack Fang's family and kill her children as well. Man, there's so, isn't that crazy about like about animals and dinosaurs and just mm-hmm. in general, you're just like, like you know, they all hunt each other, but they're definitely, yeah. if you watch any nature show, even David Attenborough will be like, yes, uh, if they don't have to do the work to b- pull, bring down the adult, they will not. They will eat the they babies for Correct. sure. Um, exactly. Every time, actually, they're not. Uh, yeah. Without fail. They have zero oh, honor. Oh, that's a weak prey. Right, exactly. I saw a video um, the other day. There's a fun Instagram account called Nature is Metal. And every day mm-hmm. they post some like graphic video of something that happens <laughs> to an animal. And the one I yeah. saw the other day, and they always have these effed up um, captions. And this one was like... <laughs> I don't know what it was called, but uh, it was like a, it was a snake that had caught mm. a mother rat 
while its uh, baby rats were suckling it and it ate oh, all of them slowly just wow. and they're just they're just hanging on to their mother's you know uh, nipples trying to get milk yeah. and he's just going like <coughs> and they're just going like <laughs> Oh, oh no! Up in up in there, and then he, and then as soon as he swallows them, he turns to the person filming them, almost like, "What are you looking at?" And he just slithers I'm you next up the tree. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh man, uh, yeah. They don't it's care. Rough. Yeah, snakes no, don't go. Don't. Oh my god, these are babies. I probably shouldn't. They just go. You know, that's that's like three times that's, as much rats as I expected to catch today. That's tasty, though. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so spear and fang, uh, bond over their, their mutual loss. And, and so what you have is essentially a, a, a caveman riding a dinosaur. And, and so I, I think, hell Gindy yeah. Was like, yeah. Gindy was like, you know what? Uh, yeah. The timeline. Yeah. You know, historical, whatever. And this is a cool idea. And so, and so it gave way to a lot of like really off the wall stories. Like there's an episode in here, um, rage of the, I think it's called like rage of the ape men or something like that. Mm. And then there's one that's, um, all, all about, uh, these, um, giant like man bats that just like swoop down out of the sky and like eat, eat these people. These like, you know, <laughs> I, I guess lesser evolved, uh, people and, yeah, and the like, Neanderthals like, or something. Yeah, and he's and he's like, Nyaw! and just they like swoop out of the sky and like take them and like rip them apart. And, oh like, my eat god! These people. And it's like it's like really messed up. And so anyway, the point is like so the story is Fang and Spear. Uh, you know they they form a bond and a friendship and um, and they go on these adventures together, which is all about like, hey, how do we survive in this scenario? Old, Th- we're in the tundra or whatever and we're cold how do we live oh look woolly mammoths maybe we could take one down and steal its fur you know it's like it's it's survival and it's it just so happens to be that you're watching you know a a caveman and a and a and a dinosaur um and and they don't they don't speak because they don't speak Um, but but what you get is like um, I, I think if you're interested in, and, and Jack, Samurai Jack did this really well. If you're interested in stories that have, um, emotional depth, but also, um, but, but they also have like really intense action. Um, I, I think this is for you. Um, if you're intru- like really in- interested in action cinematography in animation, like how do we, how do we tell action? How do yeah. we how do we do that um, frame by frame? And and this is like a masterclass in that. And, and Jack is too. But but this is phenomenal. Um, you know the animation is gorgeous. It's beautiful. The colors are are, are fantastic. And the um, you know the effects animation, um, all all of the. I mean, because there's a lot of blood and a lot of you know splashing in water and and you know environment animation in in tall grass and all this kind of stuff um and and it's all just so beautiful the the character designs are fantastic you know they're reminiscent of samurai jack for sure it's definitely gindy's style um but it's it's just so beautiful um and but it is incredibly violent so this is not something to let the kids watch like you you can't expect to do that again watch the trailer you'll get a good idea of what you're in for it's incredibly violent, incredibly bloody, and and the last episode of these five is incredibly gory. So so if they're all bloody, this one's gory. <laughs> like this one steps it up. Yeah. And um, 
but they're all so so well told um you know these characters are deep and you know even without dialogue you get a sense of what's happening so i'll give you an example it's in the first episode so it's not a huge spoiler um again uh spear comes home and finds his family being eaten by dinosaurs um his wife his two sons and they're blood all over these dinosaurs and um and and then what what follows after he gets to safety is him going into their home into this cave and finding like you know cave drawings that they've done of the family i guess maybe the kids did them maybe he did them i'm not sure um and like wiping them out and like crying and then and then he goes up to like a a a tall point uh, on this like rock face and he gets to the edge and you just know like what he's about to do is just and and commit suicide yeah and and then and then he doesn't and so it, like that's the level of storytelling we're getting here it's it's impactful it's emotional um but it's very raw and it's very you know archetypal it's um you know this is a this is a man who provides for his family um and and yeah i mean you know you're not going to get any any like huge backstory or, you know, anything like that. I mean, it's all limited to just what, what do we know? We know he's a guy, we know he has a family, we know he watched them die. And now he's trying to survive, uh, I guess, to sort of move on with his life and honor them. And, and, and that's it. That's, that's really all you get. And that's really all you need. Um, so it's, it's minimalistic storytelling. It's, maximalistic uh uh if that's a word maximalistic violence, violence. And action uh and 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 yeah action um choreography it's it's just so so great to watch um i, I i'll say you know it, it can go overboard like if if you're sensitive to the violence um you may also be turned off by it um but but there's some really great moments thinking especially of the the final episode which i said was very gory right um but the first half of it is really tranquil and serene and just beautifully animated and uh, and kind of moving and and so when when it gets to that gory part it's it, it's almost earned because What's great about it is, and Samurai Jack did this really well too, and this sort of heightens it, um, is Gindy's able to find uh, what, what you know, maybe Led Zeppelin would have called the light and the shadow. It's, you know, let, let's give you a little bit of the light, and then we're going to go into something dark. But when it's over, we're going to come back into the light. And so it's not fully dark all the time forever, um, like something like The Walking Dead, which is just like, an exercise and how much darkness can you take as a viewer? Right. Um, th- this is this is light and it's shadow, and they work in equal measure so that you don't get burned out on either, but that the light feels like a reward for getting through the shadow, and the shadow feels like a you know it puts you in the mindset of the characters where there's a constant threat um, of being hunted and being, uh, you know, killed, um, that's sort of breathing down your neck. So you can't take a huge pause ever. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I, here's the thing. Um, primal first five episodes, they're on HBO max. Um, again, it, this is not all that there is. There will be coming. Um, but, um, and, and normally I would hesitate to review an unfinished, series or even you know an unfinished season um but because these were released in 2019 and there's such a huge gap between the next five 
even though they're billed as one solid season, I'm going to call it, you know, two seasons. Um, and so, and, and so for these five, yeah, for, for these five episodes, you know, there, it's a, it's a beautiful masterclass in storytelling through action only, Right. And uh, and through character performance only. Um, And then and then uh, and then it's also a masterclass in animation itself. So if you're interested in anything from character design to, you know, all the levels of animation, um, even to scoring, like everything here is fantastic. Um, You know, I I think where where we're going to differ is your level like of tolerance for violence, blood, and gore. I think that's where it's either going to win you or lose. Um, so, uh, primal, um, you know what, for these first five episodes, I'm going to go ahead and say like four stars, four and a half stars. Like this is, this is really good. This is, like I said, just top of the top in terms of, uh, animation that, um, is artistically created, um, and, and seemingly without any over, by a network it, it seems like they just gave gindi uh, like the keys to the the network and said do something for a half hour right and he was like okay cool i'll do it and uh, and this is what you get so um this feels totally like gindi and very weird that this can come from the same guy that did hotel transylvania right um but, uh, but, you know, such is life, right? Everyone's got, uh, interests. I know like he loves Popeye. I think he's working on a Popeye film. Oh. Um, and, and he, he tried that before and then it got shelved and I think now he's back on it. Um, so you know what, anything that Gindy Tartakovsky touches, uh, I will see, um, and, and, and probably enjoy at least to some extent. And, uh, and I think he's a solid filmmaker and, um, and this proves that too. So primal's great. Check it out as long as you can stomach it. I, again, watch the trailer, see if that, if it interests you and then move forward. You know, we always try to pay respect to people who can tell a story on, uh, you know, more than just the level of like, um, like they, well, I remember in college, like where they, they had us make like a silent short and the entire mm-hmm. idea was, can you tell a story without people talking? Can you do it without yeah. dialogue? Can you tell a story purely yep. visually? Yeah. And, um, and then um, there's there similar exercises with, I'm sure with, with radio students or whatever, but like, you know, not so yeah. much these days, but can you tell a story in which you have zero visuals to assist you? Can you tell it yeah. completely with sound? And yeah, it's, it's, it's always a tip of the hat to, to somebody who can tell a compelling story with little or no dialogue. Um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to think of the last thing I could, I mean, we, we, I think we mentioned this with, with Samurai Jack, whenever you were talking about it, it's ringing a bell for some reason, but also, um, I think we talked about, um, Matt Reeves and how good he is and how Mm -hmm. I I remember when he was, it was announced he was going to be directing the Batman. My first thought was, you know, there's a whole lot of nonverbal storytelling in the planet of the apes, uh, movies and and that's matt reeves all over so um oh yeah whenever you have someone who who can create something and accomplish that that's always that's 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 where they're producing something where you you can't look away you can't look away you can't follow the story you can't look at your phone you're engaged yeah yep 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. This is one of those things like you you can't be doing something else. Yeah, it's like watching titles. Um, so you need to be keyed in. Um, and and so yeah, it, it it is that same way. And and um, another thing that that we learned in school was um, you should be able to watch a film on mute and understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Like that speaks to this too. It's, it's how do you tell a story with no, no dialogue, um, but just through action and shot composition and score, like, well, I guess you'd take score out, but, but shot composition and, and body language and that sort of, um, how do you tell a story? And, and this does the same thing. I mean, yes, it, it has, you know, score to, you know, promote your your feelings in certain areas and and it has you know sound effects and grunts and and breathing and whatnot but um but the story is all there through shot composition and through performances and so yeah i i I recommend it it's great all right i want to keep it with animation tonight as we transition to the next thing here um I watched a uh, a docu series on Disney Plus. It's called Into the Unknown: Making Frozen Two. Every three months, we screen the film. It can be pretty intense. The feedback. I was confused. I had to take notes. We can write a new song. Maybe we have one song left to write, or maybe we have five. I just don't want to let the fans down. Right. We made this movie for them. All right, ready? Into the unknown. You're an audience that loves these characters. Into the unknown. I wasn't prepared to cry at this. If you can do better, you have to do it. I watched this thing because um, I like behind the scenes stuff. Um, uh, just in general, I'm a special features kid. And um, that's a big part of how I learned and became passionate about films and filmmaking. Um, so this is on Disney Plus right now. It's like 10 episodes, I think, maybe eight. I can't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not just like a two hour documentary. It's like a whole little thing. Um, I, I went ahead and series. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's, it's, I, it's, it's essentially just the, the process and the things that can happen when you're making a movie, but it's this time animation, which is, um, incredibly difficult to make an animated film. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much that can change. There's so much that can get revamped. And it's just, it's a much longer process from actual beginning of production to end of production than it is, you know, a live action film and live action is hard enough. There's all these factors that can go wrong. There's all these logistics that have to fall into place that have to be scheduled, maintained for, you know, for live action to work. But when you've got animation, like you're having to factor in the time it takes to actually render stuff, at least with live action, you can, you can shoot it in five weeks if you really schedule it right. Um, Mm -hmm. but animation, like if you do, if you change a scene too too uh, too late in the process, you have to, you have to get every, you have to, uh, triage a bunch of the animators to, to go over and, and help with that because it's not just as simple as doop a doop set up some lights and shoot it's really right. hard and um yep. and there's people who can't start their work on that, those scenes until they're actually animated and rendered and and they're they're looked at and the motion looks right it's it's bonkers um yeah so this 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 um again we're not i'm not reviewing frozen 2 uh i give this a higher mark than frozen 2 itself i give this four and a half <laughs> stars um, okay. And the reason I gave it such four and a half stars is because it's informative. 
and okay. it's entertaining. Um, especially if you've seen Frozen 2, you're familiar with the beats they're talking about. Um, and it's it's pretty honest. I mean, it, they go through sections of the film or of, of the documentary where they're talking about those. T- they're talking about those meetings they had and those screenings they had where where they they had to face the idea that like, hey, we're not sure what the voice is, or I was confused here. Like they're having to deal with with friends and family screenings and crew screenings and test screenings where they're getting feedback like we're confused and we think kids might mm-hmm. be confused and all the stuff that you and I kind of talked about in terms of yeah. well or that I talked about I don't think you saw this I um, still haven't seen it. about how I was confused or how it was vague or simplistic or whatever um, but what the what this did do for me um, was because I know the work that goes into these films we know the work that goes into these films and um and uh, but what I what the series reminded me of was the human beings behind that work and their passion for telling stories, even when I don't receive those stories the way that I wished I had or the way that mm-hmm. I was intended to. I didn't respond yeah. personally to Frozen 2. Um, I have all kinds of problems with it. Um, but when you but when you when you intuit their intentions or when you watch something like this where you can see, all right, clearly they're not just a bunch of bozos who are trying to make money for Disney. These are people who, right. who either really, who either figure, Hey, if someone's going to make this, this moneymaker, it needs to be me and I need to elevate it. Or they genuinely want to make something good and something resonant. And, and Jennifer Lee, the, um, the co-director and the current like head of Disney animation, I think, I think she's like the, I think she's the, the head of Disney animation, Um, Mm. so not only is she having to oversee other films in, in, in production for Walt Disney animation, she's also the writer and director of this film and how full her schedule is. Um, I mean, you go into Chris Buck, the other co-director, like the idea that, um, I think he was recently dealing with like the, I don't know if it was recent or not, but he was, he is still grieving the death of his son throughout all Mm. this. And, um, there's just, you know, it just a little bit of, a little bit of story with these people and I guess what yeah. drives them to make art. Um, even if it's a big commercial sequel that, you know, when I took the first look at it, I didn't think at all about the intrinsic, um, passion behind it. Um, because I yeah. didn't like the film, uh, but I like right, this, sure. um, a lot. And yeah. I would encourage anybody to, to check it out if you're interested in such a thing. Um, well, I'm sure it personalizes, you know, everything within the film. And so I I think it makes sense that you would respond more to the movie about making the movie than to the movie itself. Yeah. 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 It's directed by Megan Harding. Um, uh, just for what that's worth, I I guess I want to give credit to her because it's constructed really well. It's there. That's really, I mean, it's episodic, but it, it, they do sort of lead into the next, like, but we don't know what we're going to do with the premiere. And then the credits hit and you're like, Oh my God, what happens with the premiere? You know? Yeah. Um, but any peak inside a company culture like Disney is always worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Um, all right. Sticking with Disney plus content. We've uh, this is this is a shorter review here because we've talked about this movie on the show before, Dustin. I watched yesterday for the first time The Greatest Showman. P.T. Barnum, at your service. I'm putting together a show, and I need a star. Every one of us is special, and nobody is like anyone else. 
That's the point of my show. Bertie, showtime. I don't remember what your rating was, but I remember you didn't really weren't crazy about it. Yeah, that, um, that's all I remember. <laughs> um, so the greatest showman, I guess I'll just list these um, things real quick for just for the sake of it. Directed by Michael Gracie, um, written by Johnny Jenny Bix and Bill Condon, which is weird. Bill Condon was a screenwriter on this really? thing. Yeah, no. Wow. Um, okay. Starring Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Michelle Williams. Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, a bunch of other people, and um, cinematography by Seamus McGarvey. I think he shot some of the Avengers movies, actually. Um, and uh, and this is a Fox film. It's finally Disney Plus is finally starting to dump some Fox content onto their platform over the last week and a half or so. So mm-hmm. we're getting actually like finally some new things on the dashboard. Uh, yeah. So I came home from getting groceries or something and, and we were watching, my family was already watching it and my wife was like, Oh, you never saw this. I was like, no, I never saw it. So they restarted it for me. Um, I gave this film two stars and um, I gave it two stars because um, you know, what, what's, what's engaging are the musical numbers and the mm-hmm. dance core, the dance choreography, you know, everything, everything that is, um, most important about this movie, which are not not most important, but most important for what makes this movie unique in its form, I guess, or 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 not even unique. God, what am I trying to say? What works for this movie as a movie that wants to be a musical are the musical elements. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the I like the music, um, even though it, they're kind of a little bit poppy to me. Um, yeah. Dance choreography is really well done. Um, and it cements it, you know, as something where I'm just sort of like, I don't know. I, I mean, I would like to see this on the stage, but I mean, I don't know why I have to see it as a, as a film because yeah. the messaging here is really obvious. It's a, it's a very obvious story about let's all accept each other as we are and everyone's a person and it doesn't really matter if you're a bearded lady or you're like a a little person or a conjoined twin or black you know it's Mm -hmm. you know we're all people and we should accept each other and no one's like a freak or whatever it's a very obvious thing about a bunch of members of a of a circus of a you know of a so-called freak show but how they're mm-hmm. not actually freaks. They're, they're people. It's like, okay, yeah. great. That's great. It's not wrong. It's obvious. Um, sure. yeah. um, it's plain to see for us simple-minded viewers who need to be reminded of um, common humanity, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Maybe we do. You know, maybe, maybe we do. But, but maybe we don't. <laughs> All right. the time, yeah, not, constantly. Sure. Um, and... Um, Normally, there's a recommended layer of complex characters that you, you 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 like to slide that messaging underneath, so that we actually get some engaging story and growth while being fed these obvious platitudinal messages. Um, yeah. But it just doesn't really have it. It's about it's about P.T. Barnum or a version of P.T. Barnum becoming you know 
the the greatest showman becoming the guy who creates the circus and creates show show business almost and um mm. does it by finding these odd people and putting them up and charging admission to come see them and then how success goes to his head and yada 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 and they're singing and dancing and romance and um and 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 just and good vibes i guess you know um and Hugh Jackman is, um, I don't blame him, especially post Wolverine for really just wanting to lean into his talents, which is the stage. I mean, when he rehearsed, when he auditioned for Wolverine, he was doing Oklahoma on the stage and he had a perm, mm. you know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. this, he's a theater kid and all these people, I got very strong, uh, obviously theater nerd vibes. And I've, I've been around theater nerds. I know what they're like. And, and, and they're a very mm-hmm. tight knit group of people. And they're very, very proud of their black sheepedness. They're very proud mm-hmm. of being misfits. Um, yep. probably more so than other, you know, outcasted groups. They just, they're very, they're very close. And, and so yeah. I, I just kept getting and not to mention this is all about showmanship and theaters and, and, and ropes backstage and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I got it. I get it. I just think it's candy. And, um, and you know, I, I, I heard like, I feel like I heard this entire soundtrack, um, for like my daughter's recital the year it came out because of course they grabbed all the songs from it. So every time a song came up, I was like, Oh, I know this. Okay. So mm-hmm. I already know the song. So I'm sitting here during yeah. the song. I'm not experiencing anything new. And then you realize, oh, the song itself is supposed to like carry you through the scene and not, not like the character dynamics. Yeah. Although there are beats that are well acted um, when it matters, um, any interactions sure. of rudeness and people rising up and, you know, finding the strength within themselves. Those are all well acted beats, but I just can't handle characters singing into the face of their oppressors or, you know, with very obvious lyrics, like, you know, this is who I meant to be. This is me. And just like looking at the people that hate them, just kind of like, yeah, man, this is me. I'm just like, I'm not into that because that's too, (laughs) that's too, like, I don't like that. I I like things like Les Miserables. It's too on the nose. And like in, in something like Les Miserables, at least you have people who are really trying to character act the moments that they are singing, even though they're singing and there's musical notes, they're trying to give a true realistic performance. And I'm just not yeah. into musical big play of the back row performances because I feel like that's what you go to the theater to see. I don't, yeah. I don't like seeing that in movies and that's just my personal, yeah. you know, that's what I like in films. So well, I'll tell you what, what, what stuck with me about the film, all these, I don't know when I saw it, all this year later or whatever. Um, Probably a couple is, of years ago. Ooh. Maybe so. Um, is mostly everything that you're saying. Like, like it, it feels very big. And like when I think about it in my head, mm-hmm. it's a lot of like, yeah, playing to the back row. It's a lot yeah. of like huge stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you don't Things. have to do that. It's film. Like, like, give me a close up. It's a film. I know. Like, you have this this language of cinema that you can use to tell your story. Use it. Right. it it's not. It's not a. It's not good enough to just say like, okay, we're making a stage play, and then we're going to throw some cameras. Like you have to use the language of cinema to tell me the story through composition and through, you right. know, uh, motivated camera movements. 
And, and, and you're right, like a little bit of subtlety or subtext goes a long way. So instead of singing like, this is me, I am great, I am awesome, accept me. Like you, you have to like tell a different story through song that subtextually uh, is a reminder of – of the plight of the characters and, and, and it goes, it goes so much further because you also have to think about it like this. Uh, look, I'm, I, I've made no qualms that I'm not a huge uh, musical theater person. Right. Um, I, I, I of course have uh, hung out with, with theater people when I was in school, but, um, but as far as musicals go, like straight up musicals, I, it's never been my, my cup of tea um, because, because I'm one of those people that can't, can't like, I just can't get past the idea of like, are we singing this or is this in your head? Is this, I I just can't like, especially on film because it's like, you're supposed to be showing me some level of realism and like reality. So when you're singing at somebody's face, like this is me, I'm like, are you like, is that what you want to be doing? Is it meant to be that like, is it meant to be that blatant of a message to where the person is meant to react like, well, God, okay. Okay. You don't have to yell at me. Weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's so strange, but, but like, yeah, I'm one of those people. I'll admit it. Like I'm one of those people. I have issues with, with that. Um, but, um, yeah, what I remember is like, it it just feels so, it just feels so, um, outdated. It's, it's a form of, of storytelling that I think, doesn't exist much anymore and probably for good reason. Um, it, it exists on the stage because that's where it needs to be. But film has diverged from, from theater. And so, and, and that's why you don't see much of this anymore. And like in the early days of film, you'd see basically just theater, but we filmed it. Right. Um, and then, and then film went in, in its own little direction because you have auteurs and you have, you know, your Orson Welles's and your Alfred Hitchcock's and, and your, you know, Steven Spielberg's is, and like all these people that, you know, moved film into this, this area that was, um, unique unto itself. And so eventually film didn't have to be that. So yeah. it's weird when we get something like or cats or, uh, Les Mis or, or Les Mis or any of these other things where it, to me, it just feels a little bit outdated. And so, yes, the story can be great. And yes, the performances can be great Uh, here. I'd say at least the performances are great. Um, But but it it always feels a little bit outdated. So when I think back on it now, two years later or whatever, having seen it, it it feels big and it feels outdated. And and that that's all I can say. And but 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 it's outdated. But in a weird way, like you said, the music is poppy. So it's like yeah. it's outdated, but, but it's the contemporary. music is modern. Yeah, and it and it just feels like like uh, like it's at odds with itself. I, like, do you want to be like you couldn't write music that's of its era? That's like you know theatrical and circusy. You had to make like you know poppy music that just doesn't. It's just weird to me seeing a near 50 year old man like dancing and go and, you know, with a top hat going like, oh, damn, now you're in the game. And I'm like, that's like, that's just so yeah. strange. It's like you're, it's like that was the bench, not my butthole. I'm just no, no, you know. no, that wasn't the bench. <laughs> it was seriously. <laughs> I don't, I sit, I now sit in this bench so you don't have to hear my chair creaking and it came back to bite me <laughs> so much. <laughs> 
quick, I'll, I'll <laughs> sing a song to distract you from that. Oh, I didn't fart, but it sounded like I did. This is me. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Dustin, you're, by laughing at me, you're mocking my personhood, and I don't appreciate you um, belittling me as such. I'm sorry. I'm not a freak. I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't, realize, I didn't realize how fragile my ego was. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, 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 it's, it's fine. Look, it's, it's a well-intentioned movie and I'm sure that this is one of those things like, look, listen, I, I have accepted at this point. I just have to, I just have to accept the fact, at least for now, that people think I'm an asshole because I, I, I don't just take candy movies and just sit and just pretend that they're good just because they're yeah. inoffensive. It's like, that's fine. Yeah. They're inoffensive, but that's not the kind of, I don't, it's not, you know, it's not like I want to see offensive movies, but like, sure. but, but I don't think that just watching a movie and, and feeling neutral is acceptable mm-hmm. in terms of recommending it to people. So I don't yeah. recommend the greatest showman to people, but I don't just think it was fine. I mean, it's just, yeah. I have problems with overly simplistic glossed over stories where we just talk about acceptance and Hey, let's all accept each other. It's like, that's, that's fine. But I feel like whenever we do that, we're not presenting a world that's complex and realistic that has an actual actionable story to show people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, even in like 17th century Scotland, we, we, we there are ways, you know, there, there have been ways to find it. You know, it's, we're always, t- and, and I find that we always telling these stories about acceptance in, in a period story somewhere. It's never yes. like 2020 where we're like, Hey, let's accept each other. It's like, you really want to make a, so that tells me one of two things, either we accept each other, but we want to still make movies about acceptance. So we have to date them back when people really weren't accepted for who they were, or yep. we're too scared to actually make a movie in 2020 where maybe we are not all accepted as we are still. No, everyone did like, let's, let's cast a film. It's 2020 and let's talk about being accepted as we are because it's, because we mostly are, but we aren't, but it's not like as much out there. So it's, it's harder to, you can't just, you know, we're all allowed to eat in the same restaurants as each other. So it's not like, it, I don't it, know what it's, it is. It's a way of making it inefficient because, because you remove from their responsibility. You, you, you set it in the past and then you say, Oh, look, this is how bad things were. Right. And it's this weird thing where, where the audience can say, yeah, things were bad. Yeah. And, and so, and so now, all of the, yeah. And, 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 but that's, that's I'm not doing the, anything the, wrong. That's the weird flip side of it is, is yeah. it promotes an idea that like we've reached the, the, the Zenith of, uh, you know, prejudice and racism, and we've come out the other side. Yeah, right? we're good now. And, 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 <laughs> right, and okay, I don't, I don't know, but I will say, like, um, it, it essentially it's the same thing as like it, all the movies in like the eighties and and whatnot, where the the villains were always Nazis. Yeah, right, like like in the eighties and the nineties, because because that's like the easiest form of storytelling because right. you don't even have to craft your villain you just have to no. put him in, yeah in that in Why that ss doing this? you know uniform <laughs> and, and everyone and everyone in the audience is gonna go i hate that. i hate that guy yeah and so it's like the easiest form of storytelling so it's the same thing as this it's like oh i want to tell the story about how people aren't accepted and we yeah. need to accept people so i'm going to set it up against like you know the civil rights movement and it's like yes i'm sure this is valid but yeah. but at a certain point you're just like 
using cheap uh, shortcuts to get the audience on the side of your main character and against the yeah. the the jerks who yeah. you can exaggerate and uh, and and again uh, like paint them in this like oh just they're in the outfit of the villain so they're the villain yeah. and then you don't even have to you know establish that or or really I don't know you don't even have to have to paint it you just have to say it they're in the the uniform of the villain and then that's all you need um so yeah yeah i've noticed so, that too yeah and and i i think what bother it doesn't even bother me because this would make me spiteful um so i i it bothers me a little bit that a movie like the greatest showman I, it's not that i'm i don't like that it has this widespread popularity or success you know but it bothers me that that people like that that's what they settle for. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this in every it's it every year there's some film it's like this is the film. If you've ever felt left out, if you've ever felt like this movie really? Is this the one we're gonna yeah. is this the hill we're dying on? The greatest showman is the ultimate acceptance film. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. But people have such um people have so few options when it comes to stories like this and, 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 you know, this genre. So like, if you're a theater kid, what other movie are you really going to latch onto in 2017? I guess you're you're like nothing. You're, you're, this is it. Like, this is the movie and your movie ever. And that's going to be the thing because that's the only option. Yeah. It's the same as like, you know, everyone's grandpa saying the one Western that came out this year was the best movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's the one Western. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, last film I have tonight. And before I tell you the title of it, I don't know if you looked at the Google doc or not, but, um, I, before I tell you what it is, I just, I want to admit real quick, um, that I'm a sucker, Dustin. Okay. I'm a sucker because I saw this. What did you do? I saw this coming and I knew what to do and what not to do. And I knew mm-hmm. what was logical. I knew what I wanted. And mm-hmm. um, I knew the right course of action. And, you know, having having kids, <laughs> having kids um, really causes you to spend $30 somewhere you don't want to spend it. And uh, uh-huh. today I, I spent $30 to watch a film called Mulan. Ah, you did it. Release! You will die pretending to be something you're not. Yet here I stand, proof that there is a place for people like us. A girl threatens all plans. A warrior. So Mulan 2020. Okay. Is directed, hit, me, hit me with the non-spoilers. Is directed by Nikki Caro. Non-spoilers. <laughs> oh boy. Screenplay by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver and Lauren Hynek and Elizabeth Martin. That's a lot of writers, Dustin. What you think? Yeah, it is. Um based it says based on Disney's Mulan. Um, so and 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 the Ballad of Mulan. So I don't know how accurate Wikipedia is with that because we can get into that. Stars a lot of people. Um 
I believe the actress, the lead actress's name is, oh boy, Yifei Liu. Um, it's also got Donnie, Donnie Yen, uh, Jet Li, lots of people that I, forgive me, I just can't pronounce your names and I'm going to look like an idiot trying. So there's that. <laughs> um, lots of, uh, you know, I won't say an ensemble, but just it's, you know, obviously it's an entirely Asian cast. So, mm-hmm. um, so this movie has a $200 million budget and so far has not made near that because of the pandemic and because of the restrictions yeah. around releases and Disney finally decided, you know, we're going to put this on Disney plus. And not only do you need a membership to watch it, but you also have to pay a premium price of twenty nine ninety nine on top of that to have access to it. We read the fine print by the way, so we can watch the film as many times as we want. We effectively own the film as long as we're Disney plus members. Everything was like, mm-hmm. you can watch it as many times as you want on Disney plus. Right. For, 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 you know, till the end of time on Disney plus. And so that's the thing. It's like, if we ever decide to terminate our membership, that, that, that's gone. That's up in there and with our account. So it's not even like you can buy the film on just, uh, it's, it's, it's even less accessible than, than your digital copies, Dustin, where at least you can put them on a hard drive and watch them on a new computer or get a new computer and re-download them from iTunes onto your new computer. It's only in Disney plus. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and I say it may be based on the, Disney film, but the Ballad of Mulan is a story that's in the public domain, I believe. And this, this film, this story has been adapted almost a dozen times. It's not like Mulan was the Disney's Mulan was the first adaptation of the story. It's just the most popular Mm -hmm. one and God willing it remains so because I gave this film one star. Oh no! I gave it one star, Dustin. Um, oh no! And, and and I'm sorry, but it's not worth the money. It's not worth the money. Okay. I don't even know if it's worth the free viewing. Um, oh, it's no. um, much like The Greatest Showman. It's a very no oh, no. It's a very ham fisted message that we're that we're talking about here. Um, the dialogue is so on the nose. The action is over edited. The messaging is transparent, and the performances are pretty empty, pretty wooden. Um, Mm. Um, and the film just by the way is long. It's two hours long. It's pretty long. Um, much less visually interesting than the original and I and with much less, in my opinion, heart and tact. So we're making a movie about a girl who, or a woman, whatever. I don't even know how old she is in, the, in either thing. So a female in, in China, in like 15th century China, who goes mm. off to war because her father is too infirm to do so. And he has no mm. sons and you have to, everyone has to contribute a male to the army. And she's like, if he goes off to war, he's going to die. So I'm going to go in his place because I'm brave. And she goes off to war and the whole idea is she becomes and she has she goes disguised as a man and, um, you know, trains with the army and eventually is found out as as being a woman and um, fights anyway and prevails and um, protects the emperor and saves um, her country. Um, That's that's the that's the Ballad of Milan. Mm -hmm. So. In the original, in the in the Disney animated film, Mulan, I believe the only thing special about her is her ancestry. Like she might have, if you remember, like she 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 has 
that's the whole reason they send Mushu is because like he's like an ancestral mm-hmm. guide yeah, to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of her abilities, there mm-hmm. is no, she's just a normal person as far as yeah. I remember. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And she, you know, she, there's the, she, she decides I'm going to go fight in my father's stead because I love my father. And, and she's a bit different. She, 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 she doesn't want to be married off to some person. She doesn't, she's bad with her little etiquette and the, the, the all the, the dressing up and, 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 um, and the table manners and whatever. Um, you know, she's not interested in that, but, um, yeah. But she's not like a super awesome warrior person. She goes off and she trains and through her through her actual determination and acumen becomes pretty learned in swordsmanship, Mm -hmm. archery, every, you know, climbing, you know, all 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 those things, um, all all the all the training they put her through as a soldier. So that um, even so that it hurts extra much when 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 they find out that she's a woman and they say, you need to get out of here. Like your only reason you're not being executed is because you saved the commanding officer's life. And mm-hmm. she's like, OK. And so the whole thing is meant to sort of break you down to say Mulan, even though she has proven herself um, with her abilities, the fact that she's still a woman is still not good enough for her to be accepted, which is sexist. It's China, 15th century, whatever. So, Mm -hmm. and she, through her determination and cunning still manages to come through and, and gain everyone's acceptance again, Mm -hmm. as she is um, out in the open and, and, you know, prove her abilities, save China and be decorated as a warrior. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. original film. So that's just, no, yeah. you know, just, just establishing yeah. the baseline for what I consider this story in this yeah. film. Oh no. Um, <laughs> in this film, um, Mulan has special chi. Her chi okay. is so powerful. She's that from one. the moment you see her. Yes. She already has, amazing abilities as a warrior her father says in the opening voiceover um you know if she were my son that'd be great because then Mm. there we go but she's not so i'm gonna have to eventually explain to her that she can't she can't live out this power yes already the film's about females having power and being forced to contain it because it's yep. a man's world. Sure. Same thing happens. Father infirm army comes, you know, she goes off. Um, and you know, it's not about her learning and becoming a soldier. It's about finally, it's about her sort of slowly eking at letting her abilities creep out. You know, it's a little bit of Elsa. It's the same sort of thing we're seeing with like with frozen. It's, mm-hmm. I have these amazing abilities, but I'm encouraged not to use them. Because, mm. because what if I'm too powerful, you know? Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to go through every little beat of the story. Um, even though I could spoil the film for you because it, obviously all the story beats are the same. There's a few things they change here. Um, but it's, it's overall the same story arc. It's, it's just very different, very obvious and, and, and a lot less emotional, um, Aside from the characters all just feeling wooden, except for a couple of her soldiers who have like one or two scenes, obviously. 
Um, I thought that she was pretty wooden. I think that all the dialogue is so on the nose. It's not a bunch of characters having conversations and relating to each other. It's just a bunch of people stating things, stating platitudes. You should never do this. You always remember this. And I will do this. I will, I shall always remember this. It's just like, who are you talking to? It's like the truth. It's like true, man. Like, who are you talking to? You know, like, (laughs) it's just, you know, (laughs) um, and, uh, there's some things here that I'm not into that maybe some people are. There's a lot of wire work fighting a la hero, crouching tiger, hidden dragon. I'm not into that sure. at all, but I recognize sure. that's a stylistic choice and some people are into yep. it. That's not what I yeah. like to see. I don't like it. And especially when you over edit things and make yeah. it choppy, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. So I agree. it was argued to me that, yeah, but she has, everyone has special <laughs> it was argued to you. It okay. was argued to me that, um, it's not like she had special abilities. She just was, you know, and I was like, okay, she runs across a rooftop chasing a chicken when she's like seven years old. And she like jumps from like a three story, you know, whatever, and c- comes on down safely through. A, oh no, they show th- child Mulan th- through a bunch. Oh yeah. And she, she's precocious oh. Mulan run through the market. Oh Mulan, watch out Mulan. Mulan, you're always doing this thing. And she's running out to the chicken. Forget the chicken Mulan. And she's just like, I'm going to catch that chicken. And she doesn't catch the chicken. It runs into the pen, even though she breaks all this shit and goes up the thing. And then she's coming down the thing, you know, kind of like weird physics, like, Oh, I'll grab this thing and I'll just kind of do this. Th- oh, I'll do this thing. And I land safely. I'm just like, I don't care how special your chi is. A seven-year-old cannot mm-hmm. achieve these kinds of things. Um, right. And so it's just kind of like, all right, so she's just, she's just, she's a, she's unstoppable. Um, yeah. And again, I don't mind. It's not like the messaging is bad. It's not like the story should have been women are stupid and can't do anything. It's, sure. th- it's just your story is about this person unquestionably has, has gifts, supernatural gifts and all these, mm-hmm. and all these men, you know, the, the, the world they've built has encouraged her to hide them. And it's only when she yeah. embraces her power, can she come out and float and dodge arrows and flip around, do backflips on horses and, you know, cut people right through their armor and save China. Yeah. Um, it's just empty. It's empty. Yeah. And between there being yeah. no relationship between the characters and the messaging being really obvious and there being seemingly no struggle for Mulan, um, it's really just th- th- there's problems I have with it that come from that remind me of Frozen. They remind me of Captain Marvel. You have a person oh. with no relationships that I'm invested in, but they're unquestionably powerful. And only when they realize, oh, someone's trying to keep me from using my power and, and now I shall yeah. use my power. It's like, well, then where's the growth? Because seemingly you start mm-hmm. the story with everything you need. And, and yeah. I don't care how internal or character driven you try to tell me this movie is just starting the movie decide, you know, Oh, I'm powerful. My dad tells me don't because you need to find a husband one day. And even though I'm on your side and I love you, you're my daughter and I know you're powerful. Your mom told me I should probably tell you to stifle your power. And I'm just going to listen to her because, you know, and, and, yeah. And and it's and then later at the end of the movie he's like I was wrong to tell you that. It's like, well, this is stupid then. You caused this whole story, this whole ordeal. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I had all these thoughts during the movie and I really tried not to take notes and just let it happen. But the the, the thing that's the, the, that's 
the thing that's most frustrating about it is that it's it's clearly it's hard to not be cynical about it because it's clearly made to appeal to a Chinese audience so that they can make a bunch of money off a of a recognizable IP but actually appeal to China and sort of maybe America too but it doesn't really matter and and someone pointed out that that's why the that's why the the character beats feel so flat because they're mixing American and Chinese humor like Chinese humor is mm-hmm. is a lot about anticipating things happening there's just all this stuff about oh the spider don't you know oh what if the spider gets to the thing and you're just like who who cares and it's like yeah but like yeah. In, in overseas they, they go nuts for that stuff sure and it just it it's just it's so i i feel so cynical about about it because i don't i, I don't my kids weren't it weren't interested my daughter wasn't interested um mm. for for large periods of it and it's just because it's so slow and so meaningless and none of the meadows were interesting and that's mm. a problem i think um yeah so one of one of my pet peeves is um and, and i'll use the example of the new star wars trilogy is you almost can't have a a a character, um, but but specifically when it seems like when Hollywood writes a female character, they can't start them at a place of powerlessness. Um, it seems like they have to start them kind of like fully powerful and fully capable. Yeah, which but which is a, a detriment to their character growth. Softly oppressed. Right. It's like right, how, exactly. how dare like, we imply that women are in any way like holding themselves back? You know, correct, and and so you have you have like Ray, the Force Awakens, who presumably is pretty capable. I mean, she once they take her off of that Jakku. planet of Jakku, yeah, she's able to do a lot of things without training and without you know much help, yeah, um, and that's and that's fine, and and so it's light oppression in that she was lightly oppressed by the fact that she just didn't have. Uh, I, I guess she access exactly. Yeah. She didn't have access, yeah. And so, but as soon as she has access, then she's great. Yep. And and so, so you're right. It's like a light oppression, a light obstacle that has to be overcome front, yep. and that happens at the beginning of the film. Like that's usually inciting in, and then she she you know awakens you know so to speak. Right. And so so you have like so that that's what I hate about like what I'm hearing about this. At seven years old, she's great at what she does. Well, that's fine. But when you look at something like the hero's journey, the hero doesn't start there. Like the if you think of any other storytelling device where where our protagonist is is going to be seen as a hero, as a legend, as a whatever, they always start from humble beginning. Yeah. And and reach that that achievement, and and that can be a couple different things. Like right, Shakespeare says, you know, some men achieve greatness, some men have greatness thrust upon them, and some men, um, uh, whatever it is, uh, whatever, are born great. That's what it is. Born great, achieve greatness, and have upon them. And so, uh, and and so you have like this thing, but but all of our all of our big heroes right like superman well he's born great but he kind of starts from a humble beginning in that he doesn't know he's great yet right, right. or achieve greatness like batman okay I, i'm going to work 
par and achieve my greatness or have greatness thrust upon them like Spider-Man or Green Lantern. I'm going to give you this awesome power and and now you have to handle it. Um, and, and so all of our, that's the way all of our, and I would also like to point out that's what Han, Luke and Leia were. Leia was born great. Luke has greatness thrust upon them and, and, and Han achieves greatness. And, and that's exactly what they're supposed to be. And so, and so when you start a character, it sounds like Mulan at seven years old, running through and do blah, 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 blah. I guess she's born great, but, but you see what I'm saying? Like, like, even even the characters like Superman or like great power, they always start at a place of humility and not quite knowing about that power. Yeah. And so and so it's weird. And so I have the same issue with like the Legend of Korra. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender is great. Then Legend of Korra begins with them trying to find the next Avatar, and Korra comes out and she's like, "I'm the next Avatar." three years old and she's like fully mastered all these elements which took ang so so much time to learn yeah and all these other past avatars it took an entire lifetime but this this one girl at three years old has all of them yeah. except for air it, it, it's just so frustrating because we're we're deprived as an audience character discover their greatness and yeah and, and, it, then like, we, I, and then we get to discover it too with frozen too like I think one of my issues with it was I didn't think there was anything in that film that was that could actionably inspire my daughter. All it got her yeah. to do was prance around and sass me. <laughs> and 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 that's sure. not the same as like telling is showing somebody like hey, even if you aren't born with all the tools, you can you can yeah. attain them because if you stick to these values and and and, and develop these skills and what all these movies are doing. And I get it. It's the same with the greatest showman. The intentions are there. The intentions are to show, Hey girls, you have worth, you have inherent worth. Yeah. And, and I just know you have this greatness inside you waiting to come out. That's what they're trying to say. That's great. But what you're showing by putting these criteria around it is you have greatness, period. You have yeah. greatness that's equal to the greatness of other great people. It's like, yeah, but every girl's not going to grow up to be Oprah Winfrey or 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 yeah. or, or Michelle Obama or you know like or or or, yeah, yeah. or Celine Dion. You know, you're not going to not everyone's going to reach that level. But we're going to make everyone believe that that they have the this these inherent gifts and yeah. and it's it, the only reason they that they aren't being recognized for their greatness is because society or men or their dads or whoever is telling them hey don't do that because it's going to rock the boat or if you are mm. if you you know if you uh, attain power you may be seen as a threat and it's like i'm sure that happens and it, but but i think what what if the narrative is that that the that society is filled with this patriarchy keeping females from attaining power, fine. Let's make movies about that. But when you put it in a children's movie and you remove all of the needed context and complexity from it, and you just you just you pare it down to just girls are powerful and the world just needs to let them show it. It's like cool. But when you when you when you have a character who has supernatural abilities, basically, um, mm -hmm. or, or, or even within the context of, of, of the, of the action, the wire action within this particular genre of, of Asian action filmmaking, fine, but not every character 
character is also fighting like that. So even within the context yeah. of, oh, that's just the fighting style, Connor. But it's not just the fighting style because only she does it. And Donnie Yen, yeah. who's, of you know, in, you know, a freak of nature as well. So like, right. so even within, even within the visual language of the movie, it's still just Mulan doing it. So she does have abilities that others don't have. So my daughter's yeah. watching that and all you're telling her is, is, is that the, if you're not born, what, what I'd be thinking if I were her is, oh, I can't do that. I guess yeah. if I'm not born with that, I'm just screwed because I don't have those abilities. And, if, and right. yeah, kids aren't supposed to take the message literally. But at that point, like, all sure. right, well, then who's this for? I even told my wife during this thing, is this isn't for kids? Because I don't see what, yeah. what kids are latching on to here. And it's not yeah. for adults because the messaging is uh, incredibly obvious. Who is this for? Yeah. Who yeah. is this for? <laughs> yeah, and, right. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, everybody and well, nobody. Makes, right, exactly. Well, it has to be broad for Bra- yeah. everybody. But by being for everybody, it's really uh, yeah. because it has no point of view. Yeah, it has nothing worth saying. Yeah, I, I, I have a problem with that, and like, and and I. <sighs> I really think about that a lot because I, I just think that you need to show people the way forward. If you're going to make a utilitarian movie where your goal is to show young girls what they're capable of, you need to show them like, hey, if you are born with something special, great. That's even better. But if you're not, yeah. you can still get there with these things. You know, well, see, I, and I would argue that that giving Mulan special chi or whatever yeah. completely devalues the message of the film like like totally degrades it Th- this um, kind of goes like, into it, like my my opinions about like the fact that there's no songs in the film which is fine look look i, I don't blame the sure. film for not having the music or mushu or any of the sidekicks or whatever that's fine sure. because I, I wouldn't i didn't want a carbon copy of the of the original with this film yeah. Yeah, but there's an we watched the original after this one, and there's that awesome montage where she decides I'm gonna go off to war in my dad's place, yeah. and this great music yeah. is playing, and she cuts her yeah. hair, and that's like a, this symbolic. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm rejecting this arranged womanhood that yeah. my you know that I was probably gonna go into otherwise, and I'm yeah, yeah. going to go do this thing, and that's significant because this is a normal person who's going off yeah. to probably certain death because yeah. this is an insane thing she's doing, but she's doing it because she loves her dad. It's a gesture of of courage, yeah. and when you have special yeah. abilities and you go off to war, it's like you're probably gonna be fine. Like if I were her dad, right. and, and and you know they find out, it's like they, they're gonna kill her. It's like our own people will kill her if they find out what she is, and it's like if I were her dad, I'd be like, you know what. Um, remember she was seven and she danced on the, she ran across the rooftops yeah. and seemingly is, is weightless. She'll be all right. I think she'll be okay. I really do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think we're good. You right. Know? Yeah. It's a one star. That's frustrating, man. It's a okay. one star. So and I'm he, telling he, people like, don't, don't spend, don't spend money. Don't spend $30 on this. It's going to be free on December 4th. If you really want to watch it, just wait. There's no need there. Um, there's no need to rush out, you know, unless yeah. there really isn't. I, I just don't think there is. I don't think that it's doing anyone's daughters any good um, to see it sooner or even, or at all. I don't, th- I, I, everything that this movie is trying to do for girls, the original film does better and there's more to look yeah. at. It's a lot more beautiful. Isn't that the case with every single 
remake that they've done so far? Pretty much. I still argue that the best of these remakes so far is Aladdin. I think that that's sure. that that's different enough and and entertaining enough in its own right that that it's a it's a good companion piece to the original Aladdin. I yep. think if 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 we're gonna grade yeah. the remakes, but sure. okay. there, there's a descending scale. I can't sure. remember how, how many of these there have been. I think, I think, oh, the other day we watched Cinderella. That that finally popped on, the new Cinderella, the, the remake. Yeah, and so I still I'm, haven't seen that I'm one. I'm sitting here thinking like, all right, let me, how would I rank these? You know, I think the best of these has been, because how many have there been? There have been Aladdin, uh, The Lion King, Mulan, Cinderella. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book. So that's six. Yeah. All right. Off yeah. the top of my head, best one, Aladdin. And then I'm going to say probably... The Jungle Book, in that it's fine. Yeah. But I would probably say that Beauty and the Beast is... Oh, no, sorry. Um, second also best Alice one, in Wonderland. Alice in, Yeah, I guess we'll count that. And Maleficent. Oh, man. Okay, hold on. We got like Peach Dragon. seven. Peach Dragon. <laughs> Dumbo. All right. I haven't seen... Okay. Of the ones I've seen... Lady and the Tramp. I haven't seen that. Of the ones I've seen... Okay. We're going to go... All right. Go okay. Sorry. Start with the earliest one, Alice Wonderland. I guess. Yeah. All right. Um. Geez. I don't know. I haven't seen. I'm not going to rank that one. Sure. Maleficent was next. Maleficent at least was different. It was a different story. It was the same characters, but it was like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Like we're going to go to a different point of view here. I didn't have a problem with Maleficent. Cinderella. I see. I like Cinderella. But that's so much due to Lily James. I just think she's sure. she's extremely likable as as a as an actress, and and I sure. I thought that it was yeah simplistic. Have courage, be kind, and oh, he loves me, and I'm whatever. But like it was it was it was so altruistic that I think it works. Um, okay, I, I I like I like Cinderella. Okay, and, and then the Jungle Book. The Jungle Book is fine, but it's. It's, yeah, it's okay, I guess. Pete's Dragon. Didn't see Pete's Dragon. Maybe I did. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast began the the feminist area area of this of these remakes, where you know, I mean, Belle's already pretty pretty like a, a pretty empowered character as it is, but they they kind of yeah. tried to go a little further with her, and the the story is just. That's just I don't know. It's it's. See, here, here's the thing about Beauty and the Beast, and and I don't I don't want to. But the thing about Beauty and the Beast is Belle doesn't have the arc. Right. Belle's our protagonist, but it's not Belle's arc. It's yeah. it's that Belle through kindness and and acceptance yeah. can can allow somebody else to change and yeah. become better. Yep. And and so yeah, but that's her, her, that's her goodness, it. you know, inspires yes. this horrible person. <laughs> To become yeah. a good person. Correct. Uh, yeah. Dumbo. I haven't seen Dumbo. Me neither. Aladdin. Yeah. We talked about that. Best one. The Lion King. Uh, just bad. Just it, too similar yeah. to the original was its big problem. And then just lifeless characters because of the, the animation. Um, yeah. And then I guess there's this, uh, right? Lady and the Tramp was next. Yeah. And then Mulan. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I'd put Mulan somewhere near the bottom. I, I probably like it just as much as The Lion King, but I, yeah, it's 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 that's crazy. All right, so it here's what I'm gonna off. do. I, I'm gonna watch it this week, and oh, and, no. and we'll have a part two of of this discussion next oh, week no. with, with a little more detail. Oh. Um, but but 
but I won't, we, we, we don't need to talk about it at length no. next week. Yeah. We, we, I'll just, I'll just put, give you my, my two it. cents. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but while we're talking about it and while pulled up, there's a ton of these things still coming. Like Cruella is next, which is, um, <laughs> okay. which is Emma Stone. Okay. Uh, the little mermaid after that. Oh Evidently, no. They're doing a, a, a live action out of, no white in the seven dwarf. Okay. And then, then a live action Lilo and Stitch, um, which I haven't heard any news about lately. Wow. Um, evidently, there's a live action uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame that's that's being being written. Um, we'll see if that ever happens. Pinocchio is happening. Robert Zemeckis, and I think Tom Hanks is going to play Geppetto. That's all we know so far. Um. But only because Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks do I think that has a potential to be okay. Um, some some sort of a, a a realistic version of Bambi is happening. Um, I have no interest in that. Uh, Who wants to see about a Robin real Hood. deer get shot? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. And then, and then we have the live action Robin Hood with with, with the animals, um, right? Yeah, exactly. I think me and you and John talked about that, oh, like man. offline. Um, it, it's it's ridiculous, stupid, whatever. Um, then Hercules, they're doing a Hercules. Okay, all I, right. I, I I have no attachment to the animated some, version. But some of these have the potential to be interesting to me. I wouldn't mind Hunchback of Notre Dame or Hercules being remade because I see more potential there than anything else because those are... Because human, you can go back to the original... They're humanoid characters, source. first of all. So, like, you know, yeah. like making a live-action, ba- like a Bambi, that does. there's no point to that. It's just like Lion King. There's no human characters. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but at least at least Hunchback, like, there's potential there, I think, to to do something with that sure. although I, I love the original i i you know uh, just fine you know hercules yeah. is iconic to some people but that movie needs that, that could that could stand an update i that, that could that could I be think better i've seen hercules once i think i saw it in theaters and- i've seen it once in the past two weeks <laughs> <laughs> i i i saw it one time and <sighs> and all, all i have to say is i, I really hope they get danny devito to play that little dude whatever his name is like he Phil. plays him in the animated version they need to just get him to do it in the live action version too yeah that'd be legit and then the last one they have coming up is peter pan and wendy which uh, evidently jude law will be playing captain hook and that's all we know so far okay all right uh but again with with something like that again you act to the original adapt that you don't have to you don't have to adapt the Disney version, but they will just like they did with Jungle Book. They could have gone back to Richard Kipling's original book and but and adapted that, but they didn't do that either. Um, they'll just remake the the Disney version, and it'll be, you know, all all the stuff. And then they'll just say, "Oh, it warranted a remake because we made it less racially insensitive." And <laughs> and I'll be like, "Well, it, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty." racially weird the original but but fine like uh, racially weird i'm i'm not going to defend what happens in the original but i will say i don't need a remake of peter pan right now like there's been a billion of them yeah unless you can do something cool and new don't do another one all right 
that's gonna have to be it. I think we're gonna put it, it. we're gonna put that one to bed. Um, okay, if you uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, find us on uh, all the podcast platforms. Go to the YouTube page, doing interesting stuff over there, and uh, be with us next week. We're gonna talk about the last dance. It's, I'm not I'm not Ooh. I'm not able to tease next week often, but I can tell you the next yeah. week we're gonna talk about the last dance. And we're gonna talk about uh, the other thing too that we talked about. Uh, yeah, hopefully we, we, we've had a, we've had an issue getting that one finished up in my house because of my couch. It's a long story. Right, so we won't, we won't tease it just yet. No, we won't tease that just yet, but we will be okay. talking about the last dance for sure. All right. Sounds and good. And our guest now has a computer. Oh. Oh. See you next Come week, everybody. Come on and slam if you want a chance. <laughs>